along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England zone, Van Helsink. And no Anne tonight. It is her anniversary, and she's out uh, to dinner with her husband, I guess. Uh, so being such a good boss I am, I give it a night off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, joining me is someone who I've known. I was trying to figure out how long. So it's it's been since 2005 for sure. He is the Lighthouse Historian, the president of the American Lighthouse Association, uh, the secretary of the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, the founding founder of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, and all around uh, accomplished author and videographer, and uh, I don't know what else he does. Uh, My good friend, Mr. Jeremy Dunchman. Good evening, Ron. Thank you so much. Wow, I'm tired listening to that. (laughs) <laughs> I, really, I really did all that I don't know. you did you are a renaissance man my friend you've mm. done so much in your life which is interesting but uh yeah i i was trying to figure out how long i've known you and it's got to be at least since 2005 because that's when i did the first investigation on a lighthouse right right yeah that would be that would be it that was uh was it uh what month was that august 2005 is that uh, right or june July? June, I'm thinking, but I could be wrong. Somewhere around there. It was the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like, uh, what, 16 years? It is. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's pretty remarkable. And we've gone through a lot. Uh, You know, you you dragged me on the board and and, uh, threw me off the board and and everything else. But we... You know, we've gone through a lot together and we've done a lot of things together. We've done tons of investigations together. We've, um, you know, done a lot of good preservation work at the lighthouses and you more than me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's been a good ride. Yeah. No, I, you know, I thank you for, for the what you've done for the organization, too. You were chair for a while and you've really put a lot in, too. So you deserve a lot of yeah, credit for that. Not as much as you, my friend. Anyways, and you also written, oh God, a ton of books. How many books is it now? Um, well, I, you know, it depends on how you count them. I, I like to say <laughs> I like to say twenty-one, but uh, the reason I say it depends on how you count them is that I, I wrote a really thick book on Maine lighthouses. It was almost five hundred pages, but quite a few years ago, and it was out of print for a while. And the publisher said, "We're going to put this back in print, but we want to divide it up into four volumes." covering parts of the main coast. So it came back out as four separate books. It was updated. There were some changes. So do I count that as one book, five books, four <laughs> books? I like to count it as five, which would mean- I, I, I would think it is because you wrote the original book and then you had to do, I mean, 
it wasn't just chopped it off. Yeah, I'm sure you did a little rewrite in it, right, to it. Yeah, and actually, I have some news. Speaking of books, something that's just come up today. Oh, here we go. Here, I think I think hot, you'll, hot off the press. Absolutely, hardly anybody knows about this yet. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book for Arcadia Publishing. You know, they do those images of America books you see everywhere. They did a book called Wave Swept Lighthouses of New England. Well, I was asked if I want to do another book for them. And I said, how about Lighthouses of New Hampshire? And they said, sure. So, all two uh, of them? The, well, all two of them, all two on the coast. But also uh, <laughs> there's there's three owned by the state on Lake Sunapee. But, and there's a little privately owned one on Lake Winnipesaukee. I don't know if I'll include that. But mainly the uh, mainly Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and White Island and the Isles of Shoals. But they're both great lighthouses with tremendous, you know, a very long history. White Island's been 200 years and Portsmouth's been 250 years. So there's a lot right. to talk about there. That's right. It's our anniversary, uh, June 8th, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I have other news for you, Ron. <laughs> uh, I don't know right. if you uh, if you checked your email today. I did uh, send you an email about this. But oh boy, uh, I don't know, do, do you want to mention what we're doing on June 8th? Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, it was officially approved by the Coast Guard today. Excellent. So what everybody doesn't know what we're talking about. I know is that. I that thought you might want to explain it, but... Uh, it is the 250th anniversary of the lighthouse. One of the lighthouses, right? The original lighthouse. Yeah, uh, Portsmouth Harbor. It's in uh, Portsmouth Harbor Light Station is in Newcastle, New Hampshire, which is Newcastle is the smallest town area-wise in New Hampshire. It's actually a, an island connected by a couple of bridges to the mainland. Uh, and the first lighthouse there was 1771. It was the first lighthouse in the colonies north of Boston. So very historic next to uh, what was then Fort William and Mary. The fort has tremendous history, too. So um, It was a wooden structure, right? It was wooden, yeah. It was about 50 feet tall, although the early drawings of it make it look like it was about 1,000 feet tall. <laughs> they, I think they were emphasizing its importance. It was a, you know very important to, to commerce in the area. So that was the first lighthouse. It was rebuilt in 1804 and then rebuilt again, the one we have there today, 1878. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably some of your listeners have have been there. We've been doing tours for for just about twenty years now. Yeah, not only historic tours but also haunted tours as well. Yeah, yeah, we have. And uh, one thing I do want to mention is Jeremy also has a podcast uh, which he's been doing for is it two, two three years, years, just about exactly two years. two years now, like right right now, exactly two years. And, and, uh, and about 120 the episodes. Name of it is Lighthearted. Two words: Light Space Hearted. Refers mm-hmm. to people who have lighthouses in their hearts, and oh. it's it's for the U.S. Lighthouse Society. So it's like the official podcast of the U.S. Lighthouse Society. You mer- mentioned can you the, hear it. What, what's that? Where can you hear it? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say you mentioned the American Lighthouse Foundation before. People get the two organizations confused all the time: American right. Lighthouse Foundation and U.S. Lighthouse Society. American Lighthouse Foundation is based in Maine, U.S. Lighthouse Society in Washington State, and they're separate organizations, but I do a lot with both. Mm-hmm. But um, you can hear it on the U.S. Lighthouse Society website. There's a news blog, and the, the podcast episodes are posted in there. Go to news, N-E-W-S, news.uslhs.org, news.uslhs.org, or just use any podcast app like uh, Apple Podcasts on an iPhone or you know, any smartphone podcast app and search for lighthearted, two words, lighthearted, and you'll find it. It's on uh, Spotify and a lot of other places, too. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, how long is the show and, and, and uh, what, what type of guests do you have on and stuff? So far? do you well, have guests on? 
it's a podcast. It's not, uh, you know, it, it's only a podcast. It's not a radio show or anything. So it doesn't have to fit into a, an exact time slot. So they, they're usually uh, a half hour to an hour, sometimes a bit more than an hour. You know, that's oh, the nice wow. thing about a podcast. It, it's, they're as long as they need to be mm-hmm. each episode. And uh, I've interviewed ex-Lighthouse keepers. I've interviewed, uh, you know, uh, directors and presidents of Lighthouse preservation organizations, a lot of authors all over the world. Uh, authors in Australia, New Zealand, and England, uh, lighthouse keepers in England and Ireland and Scotland. Uh, awesome. You know, um, it's so much fun. Somebody I just interviewed, you'll be interested in this run. A couple of weeks ago, I interviewed a guy, uh, his name is Kirby Eldridge, and he was one of the two last Coast Guard keepers at Boone Island, uh, which is a place I know that you love. It's a little pile of rocks about seven miles off the coast of southern Maine. It was a it's kind of a spooky place. It's got some ghost stories. But um, the Blizzard of 78, uh, I'm sure uh, you remember the Blizzard of 78. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When that happened, there were these two guys, these two Coast Guard guys living there in the Keeper's House at Boone Island. And the island was underwater. The house was flooded. They had to rush into the lighthouse tower so they wouldn't be swept away. They spent like a day in the lighthouse tower and were picked up by helicopter on the second day of the storm. They had they had to go out on the you know the balcony at the top of the lighthouse and the helicopter guys lowered a uh, basket down to them and they had they were pulled up you know into the helicopter from the top of the lighthouse and uh, so that had to be pretty uh, pretty interesting. But the house was just about destroyed by the storm. Uh, the boathouse was completely washed away. And the Coast Guard uh, destroyed what was left of the keeper's house and automated the light right after that. So this guy I interviewed was one of the two last Coast Guard keepers of Boone Island, and he had some good stories. So that'll be in the podcast soon. Excellent. I mean, you, you're lucky because you, you've had the opportunity to, uh, you know, talk to so many different uh, lighthouse keepers, lighthouse keepers' wives, uh you know, anybody associated, I mean, for instance, you're also involved with the Friends of Flying Santa, which is an interesting story in itself, but, uh, so you, you've, you are the man for, as far as I'm concerned uh, about lighthouses, especially here on the East Coast. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that has more knowledge of them than you do. Well, I've been doing it a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, you do anything long enough, you uh, you accomplish some things. But I've been I've been doing it for like thirty five years or or so. Um, so um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun. And with this podcast, I'm I'm learning so much. You know, every every show, every interview, I learn learn a lot. You know how it is. The more you get into something, something, the more you realize you don't know, and you realize how. Oh, much. Yeah, you always learn. When you stop learning, you're dead. The way I look at it, always. Completely. Um, so what's what's the story on Boot Island since you brought it up? Have you heard anything about what they've done? Because originally it was uh, uh, put up by sale by the Coast Guard. In, in fact, uh, Jim Leslie and myself t- tried to get it, but we, we weren't able to. And I know someone else got it. And do you know what's happened to it since? Um, well, I'll tell you what I know. First of all, it was put up uh, for uh, transfer at no cost for the, through the National Historic Lighthouse Preservation Act. Uh, nobody applied. <coughs> oh, I'm thinking so, of the other one, I, I think, right? Well, no, no. You and Jim looked oh, into okay. you know, you're definitely right. considering uh, yeah. going for Boone Island. But uh, so uh, because nobody applied under that process, the, the uh, GS is actually through the GSA, the you know General Services Administration. They auctioned it. Uh, it was bought by a real estate guy out of Portland, Maine. 
uh, but he flipped it basically. And uh, it is now owned by, well, he flipped it without doing anything. I mean, he didn't improve it or anything, but oh, it's wow. owned by a, a guy named Bobby Sager, S-A-G-E-R, who's a really interesting guy. I've, I've been to his condo in Boston, overlooking Boston Common. Um, he's uh, he made his money in, I think, financial advising and stuff, but he, uh, he's a well-known philanthropist. Uh, he is a great photographer. He's traveled all over the world taking pictures of like third world children and stuff like that. Wow. His photos were used as the backdrop of a concert tour by Sting. Uh, and, uh, he's buddies with Sting when I, he, I got a tour of his uh, condo and he has a, a beautiful Harley uh, motorcycle that was a 50th birthday present from Sting. So, wow. Cool. Yeah. I guess he um, is a good friend of his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With a helmet uh, decorated with glitter and stuff by Sting's daughter. It was, it was oh, really neat. So anyway, um, he owns Boone Island Lighthouse now. He also owns Minot's Ledge Lighthouse down south of Boston. Oh, he does. Yeah, a really famous one. Yeah. Uh, that also has ghost stories and all kinds Very of good stuff. History. A lot of ghost stories with that. And he owns one in the Great Lakes as well. But um, with Boone Island, he, when I met with him, he told me he was planning to rebuild the keeper's house, you know, that was destroyed there. Right. Uh, but to the, I think he had some repairs done inside the tower, but I think that's about it at this point. I, when he told me that, I thought, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not making fun of it. I thought, good luck, but because, you know, I really would wish him good luck. Mm-hmm. He would need good luck to, to build oh, yeah. that house. Um, but you could spend millions on that, and it could be washed away in the next storm, you know, because... Mm. Uh, the seas are rising, and uh, it's not unusual for that island to be basically underwater in storms. Right. So. Didn't didn't originally the American Lighthouse Association was looking to get the license on it, and then because where it is and all of the things, we we passed on it. Well, the American Lighthouse Foundation had the license on it. Oh, that's what it is. They did have it, but. There was uh, some effort to get a like a chapter going in the area, but the, again, you're right because it's so. It's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, people mm-hmm. just see it. If they see it at all, they see it. Most people see it really distantly, like a little needle in the distance. So it's not like a tourist attraction, you know, like some lighthouses uh, can make Nubble. a lot of money. But what's that? Like Nubble is probably the most famous. It's like it's one but of them. The, yeah. And yeah, they're right near each other. You can see yeah. Boone Island from from Nubble. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, our lighthouse, Portsmouth Harbor, I'll call it our lighthouse if you don't mind. Uh, but Portsmouth Harbor, you could actually go in and visit when before this virus hit. And, uh, it, you know, you, you can be a part of it. And Neville, you can't go in or anything. And yet it draws so many people. Why, yeah. why do you think that is? Well, you know, I from my podcast, I interviewed Matt Rosenberg, who was the caretaker for the town of York at the Noble. Mm-hmm. And I asked him that question. And he said he, you know, and I, I've thought about this before also, that it's kind of it's the mystery of it. That's part of the appeal of it. It's like uh-huh. you can't quite get there. You know, you can't touch it. But it's, you know, you look at it from the from the park there on the mainland across. It's just maybe 200 feet of water. Uh, right. Um, and uh, it's just it's like the perfect, you know, postcard of a lighthouse. It's. It's just so, so perfect. And uh, people just love hanging out there and, and photographing uh, it. There's something peaceful about it. And uh, yeah, photographing it. The uh, it's probably the second most uh, popular lighthouse to visit in the world. And the other one is also in Maine. That would be Portland Headlight uh, in Cape Elizabeth near Portland. Yeah. Over well over a million people visit visit Portland Headlight every year. But Do they have, really? With the noble. Yeah. Wow, I wasn't wasn't aware of that. Yeah, 
they say 1.2 million each year. And a lot of that is uh, people from the cruise ships that come into Portland. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they, uh, some of them get tours on trolleys and stuff and on buses and go to see the, the lighthouse. Uh, of course, this past year was quite different, but in a normal yeah. year, the fall, especially with those cruises that come into town, it's, it's, uh, I recommend that people go to Portland Headlight, but don't go in uh, September or early October when it's cruise ship season because it can be <laughs> kind of crazy there. Yeah. yeah one of the things that uh, I really enjoyed uh, several years ago, and, and it's amazing how time flies. I was just looking at some pictures the other day, is that we, uh, Jeremy and myself, uh, did a uh, bus tour and we hit 10 lighthouses uh do you remember that jeremy sure do yeah that was that was a really interesting day it was fun yeah and uh that that was a lot of fun and well we've we've done two right i i'm trying to think now i i'm so uh, i'm not confusing we did one with david wells and and yeah. maureen and and boone uh what's her name uh fiona broom yeah and then we did another one with the friends of flying santa Right. Well, the Friends of Flying Santa one was more of a general lighthouse tour, but we did a little kind of mini investigation at Owl's Head Lighthouse. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, that was that was we went all the way up to Canada on that one, if I believe. Yeah. Right? Well, that was what, like a three day tour or something like that? Yeah, that was that was great. I, I enjoyed yeah. that one as well. And, and the other one we did uh, with David Wells, like I said, and, and we did like many investigations because they were all mediums and they gave their impressions at each lighthouse and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Fun. It, was, it was really interesting, especially at Portland Headlight. If you remember uh, David Wells and uh, Gavin um, uh, Cromwell right? yeah. from the UK, yeah. uh, they yeah. were allowed to go into the basement uh, of the keeper's house there at Portland Head. Mm-hmm. And they both had strong feelings about spirits there. They shipwreck victims, they said. But then Maureen had a real interesting experience in the uh, keeper's house as well. So I uh, don't recall because it gets so muddled after a while. <laughs> well, do you remember you what and, happened? You and Maureen were in the there's a museum in the keeper's house there. Oh yes, okay, go ahead. And the two of you were were in there, and I the bus was like waiting for us. There's, I think the three of us were the last ones who weren't on the bus yet. So I said, you know, I came into the room and I said, you know, we got to get in the bus. But Maureen was deep in a trance or at right. least deep in thought. And uh, she seemed to be in contact with somebody. And she was, she was, uh, I remember crying and, and saying, uh, you know, there's this, uh, it's like an older man, she said, she was in contact with. She said, he kept repeating the phrase, I gave my life to the light. I gave my life to the light. And uh, interestingly, you were both standing right near a display on the wall that had a very large picture of a man who was a keeper there for many years. He actually, lived, his father was keeper before him, Joseph Strout, his father was Joshua Strout. Joseph Strout lived for like 60 years at the lighthouse. Oh, God bless him. And he uh, retired and died a short time later. So you're standing right near his his picture, and uh, Maureen's saying this this older man, she felt he had heart trouble and had to retire, and that he didn't want to leave the lighthouse and was heartbroken that he was having to retire, and he was not well physically. And, you know, I don't know that he died of heart disease, but it seems right. likely since he retired a, a pretty advanced age and died a short time later. Died of a um, broken heart. Well, maybe <laughs> sort of. I mean, it didn't help him, certainly, to have to retire. Right. Um, but uh, she was, you know, quite quite emotional about it. I remember, and she was saying, 
was like, you know how Maureen does this. It's almost like sympathy pains or something. She started saying, my chest hurts because she was thinking that he had heart problems. And she said that pretty loudly. And the woman working at the cash register in the museum kind of yelled out, I'm calling 911. <laughs> we had to tell her, no, it's okay. This is what she does. You know? <laughs> I always wondered about that. What if she went in a deep trance and I couldn't get around? What do I call the cops? I mean, I call, the, call the ambulance and they come in. It's like, uh, yeah, well, she's kind of possessed. <laughs> it's yeah, like, call, I was going to say, do you call an ambulance or do you call a, an exorcist? I know. It's yeah, it's interesting. Um, we have an announcement we're going to make, I think, in the second half of the show, just to let you know. But um yeah, it, there's so many. Steve and I were talking on the international show just prior to this, and I mentioned that it seems like every lighthouse here in the states is haunted. And I asked him about that in the UK, and he said it isn't really that way. He said there are only a few ghost stories from from the number of lighthouses. They have tons of lighthouses, yeah. uh, but uh, why do you think that is, uh, um. Jeremy? I'm really not sure. I know um, I interviewed recently, uh, well, it's not really the UK, it's Ireland, um, this guy, uh, Richard Cummins, who is, uh, lives in California now, but he's Irish, and he was a lighthouse keeper in Ireland for about 15 years. And one of the places where he was stationed was Hook Lighthouse, also known as Hook Head yep. Lighthouse, which is the oldest working lighthouse in the world. Uh, it was built around 1200 by monks originally, and the early keepers were monks. Uh, and he said, I asked him, uh, did, did you feel it was haunted or anything like that? And he said, no, I didn't really think that, but he said it was incredibly creepy at night. <laughs> and tomorrow I'm interviewing the man who's like the lead tour guide for that lighthouse. And I, uh, ahead of time, I asked him the same thing and he said, he said, oh yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I don't think either yeah, of you had, uh, ghost experience make... exactly. But. Yeah. The, um. The, we were talking, uh, Steve was talking about uh, Small Lighthouse, which has some strange... Uh, oh, Small's st Lighthouse off Wales? Yeah. yeah, we have some good ghost stories with it as well. Well, that has, yeah, there's a true story there about those two keepers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, one of whom died and the other one because he couldn't get to shore. It's, it's, a, it's a tower that's out on a rock well offshore. It's like 20 miles out. Um, and the other keeper, uh, you know, didn't want to just throw the other guy's body into the ocean or anything. So he, if I remember right, he like tied it out, uh, outside the tower, tied it outside the tower. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I think his body was, uh, maybe banging against the window at times and stuff like that, which is pretty creepy. Uh, and they say the guy who, the one who was still alive went mad after a while. Um, right. So that. You know, I don't know all the details, really, but it's basically a true story, which has inspired a couple of movies and, and things, including that recent movie, The Lighthouse. It was one of the inspirations for that. Yeah. The uh, Chernily House runs the lighthouses in in the UK. And uh, after that incident, they uh, they made a rule, I guess, for three man uh, crews and lighthouses after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just interviewed a guy who was a keeper there at that lighthouse, Neil Hargreaves. Um, that'll be coming up too in the podcast, and uh, he didn't think it was haunted, but he was aware of that story, and he said that place was pretty creepy too. Uh, yeah, yeah, just being aware of stories like that would certainly. I mean, there's another famous one, of course, where the, the three men disappeared. Right, Flannan Isles in Scotland. <clears throat> yeah, I just saw them. Excuse me a second. <clears throat> Pardon me. I saw the um, movie a couple of weeks ago, 
<clears throat> called uh, The Vanishing. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Is it good? <clears throat> Sorry, I don't mean to, to cough in everybody's ears here. But um, it's a pretty good movie. They based it on that story about the three keepers who mysteriously vanished from that lighthouse. Uh, but they it happened in like 1900, and they, the story is set more like 1930s, the movies. Yeah. But it's a pretty it, it gets very violent. <laughs> I'll warn people if they're going to watch it. It's incredible how violent it gets. But what's, what's the name of it again? The Vanishing. The Vanishing, huh? Yeah, but it's if people are into to lighthouse, weird lighthouse stories, it's it's worth watching. It's uh, it's intriguing because they they always seem to have stories with them, and and you're right, they use they, lighthouses always show up for uh, in different movies. You know, uh, what was the one that they just had out? Oh, uh, it was the Insane Asylum with the lighthouse. Oh, oh, um, Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. 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 yeah, they actually called me when they were going to make that movie, looking for a place to shoot, and I was trying to help them find a place, but they didn't listen to me. Damn, they should have done it at Portsmouth Harbor. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're coming up to the the break now. Uh, I'm speaking with uh, Jeremy Dontremont, uh, lighthouse historian, author, podcast uh, extraordinary. I guess, whatever. <laughs> anyways, uh, if somebody wants to find out more about you, Jeremy, how can they do that? Uh, they can ask me, or uh, they can look at my <laughs> they can look at my website, uh, newenglandlighthouses.net. Uh, but also, uh, you know, I I really uh, would like people to check out the podcast again if they go to uh, the U.S. Lighthouse Society website, uh, the news blog, news.uslhs.org. Excellent. My my books are on Amazon. They're all on Amazon. No, on Amazon, all twenty of them. <laughs> um, there's a couple that are out of print, but most of them. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Excellent. All right, so we got to be taking a break. You're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles, which one are we now? Next Generation, right here on Tojinet and uh, Pararex Radio. And we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant and Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Patreon at Ghost Chronicles Radio and... Uh, We'll be taking a break, and when we come back, uh, we have an announcement to make, which I'm really excited about, and it has something to do with the anniversary of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, so stay tuned for that. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, 
the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and my special guest tonight is Jeremy Dontremont, a lighthouse historian and author. Uh, just before the break, we said we had an announcement for you, so I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy, and uh, it's, I'll let, leave it up to you, Jeremy. Okay. Uh, so we're going to have this uh, event to celebrate the, uh, the 250th anniversary of the first lighthouse, the Portsmouth Harbor Light Station. Uh, we'll call it. And uh, that's going to be on June 6th. Uh, you, I think you, I'm not sure if we said earlier that the actual anniversary when the first lighthouse there was, you know, first lighted was uh, June 8th, 1771. It's a, was that a Tuesday, I think? Yeah, uh, yeah it's a that's Tuesday. So, and that's when we're doing the seance. Yeah, that yep. we mentioned earlier. And by the way, as I speak, it's starting to thunder and pour outside here. It's a good, good timing here. But yeah but anyway so on june 6th that's sunday june 6th at 4 p.m eastern time we'll have this uh virtual zoom event uh celebrating the anniversary a uh, bunch of us uh, you and me and uh, michelle shaw who's the chair of the group now and uh you know all our leadership committee members and various other people will be taking part in that we'll have some, a couple of special guests uh some uh you know, um, announcements or, or uh, statements from some of our congressional delegation and things like that. Um, and uh, a song, the official Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse song uh, will be performed with a new new music video. Um, but I'm not singing it, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Pat Heffernan is one of our, our uh, leadership committee members who's a, a great uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist. What's the name of his group, uh, Jeremy? Shanakee. Shanakee. He's uh, one half of a uh, Irish uh, folk singing duo called Shanaki, S-H-A-N-N-A-C-H-I-E. Uh, it means storytelling in Gaelic. Yeah, very uh, good group. Yeah, they're, they're great. And But he sometimes performs solo. So he did this, uh, he has an album. They put out, Shanaki put out an album, the Portsmouth Harbor Light is the album. And uh, the ghost picture of Joshua Card is on the front of the album. Yeah. Famous uh, ghost of the lighthouse. Um, so anyway, so uh, a new video of Pat's song will be part of the event as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, 4 o'clock on June 6th. Uh, there's no uh, fee to, to uh, be part of it or anything like that. So free is what we're saying. Yeah, you could put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and how can people, uh, you know, join in or, or yeah, watch it? Um, it's on, they can go to our website, uh, which reminds me of something else I don't want to forget, but I'll, the, the website is PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. So all spelled out, Portsmouth. When Portsmouth, I think probably most listeners know it's spelled like Portsmouth, P-O-R-T-S-M-O-U-T-H. 
I always know when somebody calls or they're from another part of the country and they say, you know, they pronounce it Portsmouth. That's Portsmouth. Um, so PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. Uh, and uh, there is a, a page all about this event. You can register in advance uh, to be part of it. Um, but I also want to mention, it's also on our website, that we're having an art contest. And there's just a few days left. It'll end uh, on the last day of the month, oh. uh, 31st. And uh, we have uh, several uh, age categories from uh, kindergarten to adults. And uh, we're just asking for drawings, paintings, any sort of, uh, other than photography, any you know two-dimensional artwork of the lighthouse uh, and uh, we'll announce the winners during that event as well. And uh, winners will get a private tour of the lighthouse uh, with me and or Michelle Shaw. And uh, uh, a couple of people will win like a basket of uh, goodies related to the lighthouse too. Awesome. Very, all very good. And this is a free event. Uh, check it out on the website, PortsmouthHarbor.org, right? Uh, you left out the lighthouse, PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org. Oh, yeah. Yep, sorry about that. It's an important uh, part of it. Yeah. Not to be confused with lighthouses is what we're really officially now. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. The The website address goes back before when we were right. They're only taking care of one lighthouse instead of two. And now we have uh, Whaleback as well, which is a, a beautiful lighthouse. Uh, yes. Needs so much restoring. And uh, oh, by the way, you can also always become a member of our group, which is Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. See, and now I can't even get it right. Um, and uh, yeah, you can uh, become a member of the group and help help us uh, complete Whaleback, Whaleback, and keep up. Um, mm -hmm. People don't realize how much money is needed to oh, yeah. take care of these beautiful structures and, and the buildings that uh, go with it. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's so, difficult. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, with an offshore lighthouse like that, like Whaleback, it's just, you know, if you can't, if you can't have tourists there, it makes it really, really difficult. So. Well, someday, someday. Yeah. Now, um, up to last year, we did run tours. We had tours every Sunday during the summertime. Uh, the volunteers, God bless them, were there every week, including Jeremy, and uh, sometimes often the very top of the hot summer, right in the uh, tower, which is the light room, which is so hot. Uh, so, you know, you have to give them credit for that. But unfortunately, with the virus, it, it all ended. But we have opened up again, I believe, for limited tours. Yeah, yeah. What what happened was at the beginning of the pandemic when things started to shut down the Coast Guard. Well, to clarify, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse is on an active Coast Guard station, Coast Guard Station Portsmouth Harbor in Newcastle. And the Coast Guard closed the gate to their station. It was open during the day. People could walk through the station into the fort, Fort Constitution, that's also inside the station. Um, but that's that was all closed down early in the pandemic, and it's still closed to the public. So nobody can get in to see the fort or get a real close look at the lighthouse. Uh, and we don't know, I don't think they know yet when, when or if it's going to be reopened. Um, so, you know, the Coast Guard has been great to work with. Uh, they're nice enough to let us do these small tours by appointment right now. So we're doing... For now, we're just doing two tours each Sunday, one o'clock and two thirty hour-long tours for up to eight people at a time. We've got them on our website scheduled through July, and they're, a lot of them are sold out already. Wow! But there's still room in some of them. 
we're waiting to see, you know, we may be able to have more, the, more the usual open houses, you know, later in the summer. So that's why we haven't scheduled, scheduled them past July yet. But um, if people want to sign up for a tour in uh, June or July, they can do that now. Uh, so right. that's what we're doing for now anyway. Right. So depending on what happens, uh, Jeremy and I have, have done for years now uh, haunted tours, which have been fairly successful. And uh, people have had a lot of fun with them. And hopefully, uh, maybe uh, if things settle down, uh, we'll be able to do at least one or two of them in this fall. But we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Coast Guard and so forth. But yeah. uh, do you, I always enjoyed those Jeremy, uh, those tours, I always thought they were fun. And uh, I, I got a lot of uh, feedback from people that, that really enjoy uh, you and I working together, quite frankly. <laughs> well, we became kind of like a, like a, either a comedy team or an old married couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's Some of both. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's storming really bad out here right now, and the house is actually rocking a bit in the wind. I don't know if you can hear it through the mic, but um, just in case I lose power, you'll know mm -hmm. what happened. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but it is. It sounds crazy out there. Yep. And uh, you can always call in. How are we doing time? Okay. You can always call back on your phone, too, uh, Jeremy, as well. Well, uh, my cell phone, maybe, but the... Uh, Right. The landline phones, you know, works on electricity, so that would go. What is the What is the number for me to call if I need to call? Oh God, you know I don't know. <laughs> I never call the bling. <laughs> well, let's just hope it doesn't go out. Yeah, let's just hope it doesn't go. Out. It's we we have those storms rolling. It's raining here as well, so I understand. Uh, for those who don't want in New England, it has been 90 degrees today, and this is typical New England. You get a hot, humid day. And then uh, in the afternoon, the energy builds up and you end up uh, with these pop-up uh, thunderstorms. Some of them can be uh, quite severe, severe but uh, uh, usually they're, they're come and they're gone. They like, you know, hit and run pretty quickly, but uh, we'll have to see. Yep. So there are so many lighthouses with so many good stories. Do you have a favorite ghost story, Jeremy? Hmm. Favorite ghost story, lighthouse. Well, it's hard to pick just one, but I think I've well, maybe give me a couple. It's, I think I made yeah. Well, I might have said this to you before. I'm not sure, but one of the ones that really appeals to me is one in Connecticut. Um, it's called Pinfield Reef Lighthouse. It's it's kind of on the border between Bridgeport and Fairfield and Western Connecticut, Western Long Island Sound, you know. And um, it's a beautiful lighthouse. Uh, it's about, uh, I'm trying to think of how far offshore it is, a couple of miles from uh, called Penfield Beach there. You can see it from the beach. But anyway, um, this happened in, uh, geez, I haven't, <laughs> I should, re should have reviewed my notes before I started talking. Oh, sorry. It was 1926. I'm not, don't, don't hold me to that if I'm wrong, but it was in the 20s. Well, they used to be, Jeremy, where I don't get the details really quick close <laughs> so yeah. that's fine well, good, I, good. I usually i'm usually pretty good at remembering dates but some of this stuff i haven't talked about in a while but anyway um so the, i think it was 2026 but any, anyway so this guy um jordan uh fred jordan was the head keeper and he had an assistant named rudolph eiten i-t-e-n it was just before christmas a few days before christmas and jordan the head keeper 
got in the station. They had two boats there, and he got on one of the station's two boats, and he started rowing for shore. Uh, and um, he, uh, as he was about halfway there, a, a, a squall came up. And uh, as the assistant, Aiton, watched from the lighthouse, uh, Jordan's boat and Jordan himself disappeared in the waves. And, uh, you know, he drowned. He, uh, so, you know, Aiden wanted to help him. He tried to launch the other boat, but he just couldn't because the storm was too bad. It got really windy, just like tonight, I think. But anyway, so um, they did find uh, Jordan's body eventually. But Aiton became the new keeper. He, you know, nobody blamed him for what happened or anything. And he advanced from being assistant, you know, to being the head keeper. And there was a newspaper article not too much later. And in the article, he said that uh, he experienced what he thought was the spirit of Fred Jordan on several occasions. Really? Uh, he said that one night he was uh, in his bedroom and he saw a figure he described, I believe, as a like a gray phosphorescent figure go by the door and um downstairs i believe and he went and looked and there was nobody there but then he went back um to uh i think the room that had been fred jordan's room and there was a log book that had been on a shelf uh and he said the log book was taken off the shelf and was open on the on the table or desk open to the the uh the day that fred jordan died and uh, what's even more interesting about that is that um, when they found Fred Jordan's body, there was a note in his pocket. And the note, uh, was, he had meant to give it to Aiton before he left. And it said, don't forget to finish the day's log entries. Oh, but wow. the note was still in his pocket when he was found after he died. So when Aiton found the logbook opened on the table that night, he said, again, it was open to the day that Jordan died and the entry still hadn't been finished. So it was like Jordan was reminding him again, you know, finish the log entry for, the, for that day. Uh, but uh, the article also said that the uh, a couple of assistant keepers around that time also experienced the ghost or whatever there. And uh, and Aiden said, we'll all sign an affidavit, you know, uh, to the effect if if anybody wants us to. But he said uh, the way I love the way he said it. I believe he said uh, what the reef takes, the reef will give back or something along those lines. But it's kind of kind of wow. a creepy, creepy way of putting it. That is a good one. The uh, now you you probably know know the tale of uh, Ram Island Lighthouse, do you? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, in uh, Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. Yeah, Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, it's got a couple of stories. One uh, is that before there was a lighthouse there, they say that that sailors would see a apparition of a woman waving a lantern to to warn them away from the the rocks there. Um, is right. that the one you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that was was fairly well known. And supposedly, you know, this this mysterious, this ghostly light did uh, save some people, did warn them away from from uh, ruin there. Um, but uh, the lighthouse was built, uh, you know, obviously because it was was dangerous. But came a little late. It's one of the later main lighthouses, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, like I says, there there are so many. One of my favorite, and I'm actually trying to get the proper name of it, but there's the lighthouse in Canada, and it's supposedly haunted by the ghost of Horatio Hornblower. Yes. In fact, I wrote an article about that years ago, and I interviewed the people. They have a B&B. I don't know if it's still operating. I'm trying to 
trying to think of where it is. Um, I know. I'm trying to think of it, too. I was like, oh, what's the name of it? That's, I, I always enjoyed that story. Yeah, I wrote the article like 20 years ago, so it's hard to remember. I probably got the head, information but, for you then. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, the story was that the – oh, jeez. <laughs> I think the wood itself maybe came from England. Um, I I thought I thought in uh, I know it's in Ghost of Day. Um, the one I heard was that the one of the keepers was the navigator for oh yeah uh, for uh, not not Horatio Hornblower um, Lord Nelson. Oh right 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 yeah that's what it is Lord Nelson. Yeah you're absolutely right yeah yeah if I remember it I I believe that's what he was and and uh, Lord Nelson I mean that's that's an intriguing story in itself. When he was killed at the Battle of Trafalgar, they actually put his body in a uh, a bottle of rum to preserve it. To, I mean, not a bottle, a keg of rum to preserve. Yeah, pretty good if they can get a Lord Nelson. In a, and uh, they say that uh, his ship is the replica. His ship is haunted, and also this lighthouse is haunted. It's like seem seems like sometimes when you have a famous ghost. It haunts like more than one location. Right. I just found, a, a, you know, I'm sitting here on my computer, so I'm able to Google as we speak. And I found a, the explanation of the story you're talking about. Okay. Uh, in 1817, a William Kent built a house on Kent Island and always claimed it was haunted. Where are we talking about here? Are we talking about Nova Scotia? Or where, yeah, I think it is Nova Scotia. We're talking about. Yes, yeah. it is in Nova Scotia. Um, yeah. The house was torn down in 1903 and a lighthouse constructed on the site in 1904. For many years, Kent's descendants operated their house adjacent to the lighthouse as a B&B, &B, and there were several reports of supernatural activity in and around the lighthouse. A few years ago, a medium staying at the B&B &B announced that not only was the lighthouse haunted, but the haunter was also the ghost of Admiral Horatio Nelson. Horatio, yeah. Horatio Nelson? That's not right. Uh, right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, the uh, the remarks were taken with a pinch of sea salt, but a couple of years later, <laughs> when researching the family history, the current Kents discovered that William, who built the house, had sailed with Nelson, serving as navigator aboard Nelson's HMS Victory go. at the Battle of Trafalgar in 1805 when Horatio met his death. Uh, so there you go. So, yeah, you got it right. That's that's amazing in itself that I did. <laughs> that's truly paranormal. <laughs> Remember it better than I did. It's been a long, a long time since I had read about that. I I, I wrote it. It's in my book, uh, Ghost of Day. Uh, yeah, October twenty fourth, eighteen oh five. Yeah, Pleasant Point Lighthouse, or French Point Lighthouse. Right, that's absolutely called. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is Horatio Nelson. Just you never hear him referred to as Horatio Nelson. So. Yeah. Um, usually just referred to as uh, Admiral Lord Nelson. Right? Uh, the, 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 the interesting, the, the ghost was pretty, uh, the ghost was pretty benign. This is an, an excerpt from the book. The ghost was pretty benign, ex benign, except for a couple of incidents with the family pet. One or two, on one or two separate occasions, two different cats, uh, the presence of Nelson, uh, was felt. The cat, the cats disappeared only to be found beneath the trap door and the floor in the lighthouse. Uh, they acted frantic as if uh, they were possessed. Uh, away from the tower, they soon recovered to their uh, normal self. 
But every time they encountered the ghost, they would feel like there was this. <laughs> hmm. Um, you know, Ron, to ch- just to change the subject a little bit, but not That's that fine. much. Uh, I, another person I interviewed from my podcast recently was a woman named Diana Stampfler, who has a new book, uh, Haunted Lighthouses of Michigan. Really? And, yeah. Michigan is, uh, any lighthouse buffs listening know, uh, has more lighthouses than any other state, over 120. And uh, a lot of them, awful lot of them have ghost stories. So that's uh, what's neat about her book is that it's uh, got a lot of good ghost stories, but it's also really well researched and there's a lot of good history in it. Oh, you'll have to give me her information. I'll have her on the show. That yeah, would be great. yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't, didn't our, uh, our good friend that, uh, buy a lighthouse there, what's his name? Oh, God, I can never remember. The one, you know, remember the spark plug lighthouse we investigated? Uh, Spring Point Ledge in South Portland? No, the, the one. Oh. In, in, uh, Borden Flats, Borden Flats. Borden Flats, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Nick, uh, right, I just interviewed Nick for the same episode of the podcast with Diana <laughs> Stampler about Haunted Michigan Lights, has a, an interview with Nick Korstad, who you're talking about. That's who it is, who, yep. He sold Borden Flats Light, but he bought a lighthouse B&B in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, called uh, Big Bay Point Lighthouse. And apparently previous owners had all kinds of experiences there, uh, which and a keeper there committed suicide. So the general belief was that's who was, you know, hanging around there. Um, And Nick, uh, not long after he bought it and moved in and was, you know, doing some work on the place, had uh, a really vivid experience. But he said he hasn't had anything since then. Um, So he thinks the ghost was kind of checking on things and then left. So, but we, I don't, I don't want to tell the whole story because uh, Nick tells it really well. If people want to check out the, the podcast. Excellent. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, you and I, uh, investigated his, the one board flats when he owned it. And it, it's a spark plug lighthouse, uh, which is basically a, a metal tube, <laughs> uh, on yeah. a cement block right off the, the shore. And, uh, that way he did a nice job, uh, with it. And he sure uh, did. Largely uh, furnished with uh, furniture from Goodwill, but it looked amazing. It did. It, it was really good. And uh, uh, we, we, I mean, I've been lucky since I've known you because you and I have investigated so many different lighthouses. Not only that, and uh, of course, Rose Island Lighthouse and uh, Duck Island. Is it Duck Island? Or what's oh, what's the one? Goat Island. Goat Island, thank you. I know it was some damn animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Goat Islands and Ram Islands and uh, Sheep Islands and all kinds of animals. It's like Oak Islands. There's a million Oak Islands. <laughs> um, not necessarily lighthouses, but islands, Oak Islands called. Uh, yeah, and uh, we've done Biddeford Pool and uh, – uh, not Biddeford Pool. Uh, what the heck's that called? Uh, what Island? Uh, Island, thank you. Yeah. Did you mention New London Ledge? New London Ledge. That was a great one. Of course, New London Ledge is, is very uh, famous. Very famous. Yeah. And uh, we did a uh, a show with the American Builder on there with, that won an Emmy in 2007. So that's intriguing in itself. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's that long ago. I, it was. For those who don't know, it's an offshore lighthouse, and we stayed up and we did an investigation. All they dropped us off by boat. We we 
we stayed in the, did an investigation all night. And finally, as we headed towards morning, we decided to catch some sleep. <laughs> so we, we slept wherever we could. Forget and, about it. Yeah, forget about it. Because what happened? The foghorn came. Uh, well, not just that. I, I remember I went into one room, and the, the, at that time, they've, it's been restored quite a bit since then. Yeah. But at that time, there was hardly any furniture. The place was kind of rough. And I went into this one room, and it was just, there was nothing in there but bare wooden floor. Mm-hmm. I laid down on the, the floor and tried to go to sleep. But the, it was starting to get light out, although it was really foggy. And as the light was coming into the window, I could see that there were spiders all over the place. Yeah, you don't like or spiders, Jeremy? The, um, well, I was afraid of them when I was a kid. I'm not that afraid of them now, but I don't particularly want them crawling on me while I'm trying to sleep. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think I slept at all. But it was it was fun. It was I have to tell you a funny story. Jer- uh, Steve Passes came over from the UK one year, and he was here, and uh, he was out in my deck, and there was a spider. So he got the spider to go up in his fingers, too. He was talking to him, and the spider bit him. The spider was talking to him? Uh, no, he was talking to the spider, and the okay. spider bit him. Uh, it wasn't and a so black got, widow, I hope. He got an infection in his finger. Oh, jeez. It all blown up. I uh, says, you don't what did talk he say to, to the spider to make it so? I don't know. It must have pissed him off, that's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a... That was funny. Speaking of, you remind me of uh, Ghost Hunters when they came to Portsmouth Harbor, uh, whenever that was, oh, yeah. I think. And uh, Steve, um, what's his name? So, uh, you know, Gonzalez. Steve Ghost Hunters. Gonzalez, Gonzalez, yeah. He and Tango, right? Uh, yeah. I forget his full name. But anyway, those two guys were in a part of the fort during that show. And they got all excited. Um, they're in like a lookout tower. You know, it's called the uh, Coincidence uh, Range Finder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, whoop. that's all right just the bell oh, wrap okay. it up. all right yeah. all right just to finish quickly uh they started yelling like something really awful was happening and i think there was a commercial and they came back it was just there was a spider or two spiders in the corner where they were and steve was scared to death of spiders <laughs> uh another curious incident i don't know if you're aware of this uh or not, but uh, when Maureen and I had the original Ghost Chronicles on WCCM, uh, after New Orleans Ledge Lighthouse, we had Jimmy and uh, I can never think of the guy, uh, the other guy, but uh, anyways, on the show. And as we were interviewing them, and uh, we asked them what they thought, and they were kind of like, yeah, well, you know, maybe we saw something. Then all of a sudden, a foghorn went off into the microphone. Huh. Honest to God, it sounded, you'd swear it was a foghorn, but of huh. course it wasn't. We yeah. have no idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a, a strange incident because that's what it happened to us uh, during the uh, night or the morning, I guess. The foghorn started going off in the lighthouse, which is yeah. extremely loud. I remember leaving on the boat in the thick fog. It just somehow it, it, it felt appropriate to be go out in the fog that yeah, morning. It was, it was excellent. Anyways, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Thank you for being with us today, and uh, we have a free event, 250th anniversary of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. You can go to give out the address because I don't want to mess it up. PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org, and that's Portsmouth Harbor, the American spelling of harbor, not the English spelling with the U right. in it. <laughs> PortsmouthHarborLighthouse.org, and all the information's on there. Yeah, and that is a free event, and, and come and join us for our celebrations of 250 years of 
Portsmouth Harbor and check out Jeremy's website, which is? Uh, my personal one is newenglandlighthouses.net, but also check out uslhs.org for the podcast. Right. And uh, check out the podcast. Yeah. So anyways, thanks, Jeremy. And uh, good night and God bless. And I will see you uh, in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Ron. Looking forward to it. All right. Bye now. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.